Welcome to the Designers Plants and Coffee podcast where we discuss how to succeed as a designer while staying true to yourself, finding peace in the process, and making money doing what we love. Subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into it. So what's up, ladies? What's up? What's up? All right, so Tish, you can start. How did you get into fashion? Okay, so we all remember the movie... Oh, jeez. Diana Mahogany. <laughs> that was my movie. When I saw her on the city bus, <laughs> literally sketching, I'm like, that's what I want to do. I'm going to do that. And fashion shows. And I'm like, wait, girl, you I'll, can't I'll sketch. You. I, let's see. I may have been, I'd be really small. Because my grandmother taught me to sew between eight and um, nine years old. Mm. And then, yeah, I saw the movie. Mm. And I was like, oh. There's a black fashion designer. So I literally thought that's what it's going to be like. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still that in it because I love it. Gotta love it. All right, Naima, how you got started? I think my very first entry into fashion and dresses and design was a black paper dolls book that we got on a museum trip that I'm telling our age a little bit here. Yeah, you are. And I probably must have been seven, eight, and I was like, oh my God, I want to make clothes. So I would take those paper dolls and I would take my construction paper and I would make them new clothes. Right, you know, right, like right, the clothes right. in the book yeah. were fine. When I got to middle school, I took home act because that's what you did back then. And yes. I hated, hated sewing. Are you serious? I really? still love fashion. When I was 14, I got my very first subscription of Vogue. But I think I hated it because I hated the teacher. And hate oh. is really strong, so I'll say I didn't like it. But when I got to high school, I found a nurturer, Miss mm -hmm. Hunter. I don't know if she's still alive, but it became my escape. Um, so that kind of became my after-school thing. And then growing up in D.C., they had a citywide fashion competition every year. So that's what you work towards each semester. You work towards that citywide fashion show. You, you both know I am a collector of fashion magazines. So if you ever travel and want to bring me back a souvenir, get me a fashion magazine from whatever country you're in. All right, Zahia. It's on Hello. you, Zahia. Oh, well, I got into fashion because growing up Muslim, I didn't like what I had to wear. You became of age. You had to, of course, you know, wear long dresses, long sleeves and kimars mm -hmm. and, you know, everything long and baggy. And everything that they made us wear was just whack. You know, my mother sewed, my father sewed. So, and all the sisters in the community sewed. So that's how I learned how to sew. But oh. then I was like, well, I need to start making stuff that I like. So then... And they used to have this sewing place on like 116th on the east side. I used to go there, get patterns. They didn't have digital patterns back then. But I mean, I started sewing. It had mm -hmm. to be in elementary school. But I said I got good like in junior high, high school. I was the kid that was making stuff, you know, the day before so I can wear it the next day. Actually, then I started to get into art. And then I went to school for art. And that's how I learned mm -hmm. how to sketch and do a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Growing up as a Muslim child, I can relate. Mine wasn't every day, but on Fridays and Sundays. And the thing is, because my parents, so they made us clothes. They made, like, you get fabric in 50-yard thing. Like, I'm mm -hmm. the oldest of seven, and everybody has the same outfit. I'm like, come on, we can't do that. You know, back then, all the fabric was hard and scratchy. Let's be real, that's what we could afford. Right. But when I was growing up, every year, I got to go to one of the expensive fabric stores for one project, right? Uh -huh. 
And there was this store downtown DC called Exquisite Fabrics. And it was next to my mother's job. So we were taking a bus trip to New York and I just had to make my outfit. I must've been about eighth, ninth grade. That was the first time I made a jumpsuit. Mm -hmm. I put a zipper in that thing. That was before zipper feet. That thing was fierce and it was silk. And you couldn't <laughs> tell me I was not the bleep in that outfit <laughs> on a bus. <laughs> to New York in a jumpsuit. I will let you all fill in the rest. <laughs> like getting oh, in and out and all that other stuff. Oh, oh my goodness. God. Getting naked in the bus bathroom to pee is just not ideal. I'm trying to remember what my first outfit was. I remember making in high school a purple and now when I say it, I'm like, did I really make that and just thought it was absolutely wonderful? It was a purple suit with lime green lapels that was really wide. Way to go, Joker. <laughs> and the pants were wide leg. I know. I don't know if I have pictures of some of the stuff I made, but the jumpsuit wasn't my very first outfit. Yeah. Oh, listen, yeah, I think I was, maybe it was a high school or junior high school. You know how you set up like photo shoots and stuff? I know I still have these pictures. I mean, they look, you know, janky. And I was like, <laughs> I'm maybe, maybe I show one of them, but I, I don't know. But I mean, it's I like I had like the backdrop, the backdrop and now, you know, the poses and all that. I'm like, oh, yes. And I had my sisters posing for me and friends <laughs> I posing. I love it. I love <laughs> oh it. I'm trying to find some of those pictures. I love it. Yeah. I still have and my prom like, pictures. Humble beginnings. Look at us now. I know, that's I know. what I'm saying. I mean, you, know, you look at the stuff you made back then, you're like, oh man. I know, I'm like, look at the stitching on that. My very first outfit I made for the very first fashion competition I ever been in was the color of Tish Smike. And it was the 80s, 90s version of a pencil skirt and a tank top. <laughs> But it was out of that stiff canvas that we were just talking. Oh, shaping on that thing might have been crazy. It was a rectangle. It was no shape. Fortunately for me at that time, I was still a rectangle. So, you know, it kind of worked out. The hips didn't come in yet? The hips hadn't come in yet. No, oh, you know, the boots God. ain't coming until I was a full-fledged adult. Mm. Uh, yeah, I was, I was still straight and still small and small enough to wiggle into that and you couldn't tell me nothing walking down that runway, though. You can tell me my yeah. outfit wasn't the best thing since sliced bread. I remember somebody from high school saying, you used to always, they, they told me that I would literally say, you all are going to see me in New York. I'm going to move to New York and become a designer. I was like, I must have been annoying. Like, I'm sorry. like I did, but I'm sorry. But I mean, well, that's good because you always wanted to. I mean, and you, now you yeah. did, you know? Mm -hmm. After that bus trip, I was like, I'm going to live here one day. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm going to live here. My parents wouldn't let me go to school in New York, which is how, da -da 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 -da. how did we all meet? I know, right? See, the, and the thing is, I'm, I was born and bred in New York. And I was just like, I got accepted to all the schools in New York, like the um, Pratt, mm -hmm. Parsons, FIT, mm -hmm. and I think Savannah. But I was like, okay, I need something close enough to New York so I can get home. But I need to get out of New York. Like I said, I'm the oldest of seven kids. I have to get out of New York. So yeah. that's how we met in Philly. So you all can thank my dad because I had my heart set on going to Virginia Commonwealth because oh. all of my friends were going to Virginia Union and I wanted to be in Richmond. And then that beautiful, fateful, amazing day we all met, he uh -huh. was sold on that, on going to Philadelphia because there was another Muslim girl that was going to be there with me. 
we were complete and polar opposites. But we were the only, well, one of the few brown faces there. So. We just kind of naturally gravitated toward each other. And I mean, we kept this bond from that day. Thick yep. and thin. We could not talk for months. Yep. And when we get together, it's this. Yeah, this is, this, we giggle for hours. Absolutely. And it's so rare and it's so beautiful. And, you know, we're back. I don't want to age. I know why I put age on, but how how many years have we known each other? Uh, <laughs> okay. Is it 31? 31 years. 31. We met in 1992. Yep. And we have not aged an hour. No, <laughs> not even. Not even. <laughs> but it's amazing to look back and say that I have had this same group of friends for 31 years. Is, it's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Marriages don't last that long. All right. So we yeah. talked about how we met, what we started mm -hmm. with. So what you're doing now? It's college. Like, what was your journey? We did meet freshman year. I got kicked out <laughs> because I could not get up for school. You couldn't get up. I was her alarm clock. 8 a.m. math class. And once I left, she could never go, go to class all the time. Then I had to go home for uh, community college and... Then I reapplied and they let me back in and I finally finished. What did you major in? I only went to textile because I did not have to submit a portfolio to get accepted into the fashion design program. Mm. Because once again, I couldn't draw. Well, I did that. See, that but that's a misconception true. though. A lot of people think they have to know how to draw to be into in fashion. Yeah. And that's not true. And a I lot of designers think they down. have to know how to sew. And it's funny because I am, you know, a college professor and also teaching fashion design merchandising. I look at the students and I'm like, oh yeah, they're not going to make it. I can see it. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, Why do you say that? I say that because I see myself in them when I got kicked out and they literally the last week of class they would show up I'm like where have you been you have not been here for like a month and a half and they're rushing to get everything done it's like but you haven't been here you need to go ahead and accept that you have failed this class i understand i've been there i am now also a college professor <laughs> okay in the very field that i'm working in for fashion design and merchandising students but yeah, having to go back to school, get my bachelor's and then my master's that was fully online. I don't know how anyone could ever sign up for a master fashion design program and you've never sewn before. Mm. It was mind boggling. Like I thought I was going crazy. The amount of work that I had to submit and then I had to take pictures of everything yeah. inside and outside, send the garment in within a week thing is like i know colleges have a requirement to know how to sew to sketch do all that stuff but when you get in the industry depending on where you go you don't have to have that so my thing is like why are colleges still requiring this thing if you yeah. don't necessarily need it to get a job yes. that's a good question you know i mean it's the same reason why we have to take things like geometry it's good for us as fashion people if you ain't in the fashion industry but... you know anything about clothes you have to know math I don't need calculus. No, you don't need calculus. I don't need all of these things that you, that they make us take. But yeah, I mean, I have had different lives. I left. I did not graduate with a degree in fashion, anything, but it never left me. So I have worked in museum retail and visual display, um, human resources. And I ended my career two years ago in science. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
I worked in clinical trial regulatory management for 15 years, but I've always done fashion. I started a business. I did it on the side. I kept them very separate. Um, and two years ago, I got fired. <laughs> and that was the best thing that happened to me. That and COVID really, really let me know that life is too short. And I was scared, y'all. I got fired on Valentine's Day. What, man? See, that ain't right. It was the end of the pay period. And on yeah. February 15th, I got up and I didn't know what to do because I've been working consistently for 20 years. I've mm -hmm. never been without a job. I've never been without the steady income. I'm going to have to cash in my 401k. I'm going to retire penniless. I'm going to have to work at Walmart when I'm 60. Okay, come back. Come back. You don't want to PTSD, PTSD. I did about a week. And then I was like, what you going to do? Yeah. You're going to devote all of that energy. And you're going to put all of that into your brand and that was the first year i had made over ten thousand dollars i have fired in february at the end of the year i had made a little bit over ten thousand dollars you know and i was like oh my god i can really do this i'm not turning a profit and i can't live off of it but i can see it so here i am full-time creative i do work part-time at a creative place where i sew all day and I teach kids how to sew and I see something in those kids that uh, my teacher probably sewing me you know because I have some I have some kids I got some kids <laughs> but then I have some kids and right. those kids and they make it work worthwhile so. And I think it makes a difference when the kids want to be there or the parents, yes. there, you know, because one thing I'm not doing is arguing with your 10 year old. I mean, for me, when I, um, when I left school, I did graduate. I was like a little bit like off, like depressed because I couldn't get a job right after school. And I was just like, I don't understand. I went to school for four years. I couldn't get a job. Da, 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 da. So <laughs> I graduated, graduate what in May. And then by, mm -hmm. I would say December, I finally got something. And I mean, mm -hmm. in New York, it was nothing. The pay was ridiculous, but it was as yeah. an assistant designer. Mm -hmm. If you remember Bugle Boy, yes, yes. I do. <laughs> yeah, yes. so that was yes. that was the first job. I mean, they've been going for a long time. But I mean, in that that job, I got to travel to like China every quarter. So mm. we went to Taiwan, we went to Hong mm. Kong, we went to Shenzhen, and I learned all about the factories over there and, you mm -hmm. know, product yeah. development yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I worked my way up, then I went to another company, worked an assistant and associate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was in that I was in that company for a while, and then I left, and then I got a fellowship to basically mm. teach kids textile design. So yeah, I was nice. in a fellowship mm -hmm. for like two years. I mean, because when I was in high school, I was doing textile design and, you know, product development and stuff like that. So I was teaching textile design for um high school kids because i don't know if i have the patience for <laughs> the 10 year olds that you're doing yeah but that's what eight. I, I started eight. i prefer college i mean in high school you know depending yeah. on the, the student it's still yeah. not as mature as you would like then i went back into the industry and you know associate then i was a designer a senior designer and now i'm a design director and yeah. so you know just you know work your way up and through that journey, I've had my own company. Um, and now I'm doing, I'm working on actually blowing my company up, cover me chic, same as plug. So um, yeah, but also region design agency, where what I do is, you know, basically develop collections and support businesses that are already doing stuff. But I'm like the support to help you develop your stuff. So yeah. And yeah. I am uh 
tech designer, which is really the one who concerned about fit. When you go into a store, you try something on, you try that garment on. If it twists when you walk, if something is wrong with it, it's the tech designer's fault. <laughs> or that means you did not fault. do your job. Or the <laughs> factory's fault. I actually, when I was in school, I switched from fashion design to fashion apparel management with a minor in tech design. And from when I, because I did go back to, as I said, Philly, I actually got hired by Tommy Hilfiger and I was commuting my senior year. I was commuting from um, from Philly back to New York twice a week working. And then once I graduated, I uh, thought, here, let me move in with the Lord. Thank you. That's what friends That's do. That's what we did. Started working full-time for Tommy Hilfiger and <laughs> lasted maybe a month or two. And they let me go, which... It, yeah, it happens. But somebody heard me crying in the um in the bathroom, and I was able to get another job. Literally that same week, I went to Jones, New York, which was Jones Apparel Group. Then I love that place because they had licenses for polo, and that's where I learned the tech design inspect text. So that's where I actually started that. Moving from company to company, like just like Zahir, it's like it's really really important you go to visit a factory. So you and really how they work because it's nothing like home sewing and it takes a lot of discipline to be able to work from home period i mean yes. but i had been doing it for so long i had a routine already so it wasn't this thing where i was like oh my god i have to get the setup i don't have a designated space i had a designated space you know i had um i had a very plain background because my coworkers are nosy so i would turn my desk yeah. to face just a plain wall no artwork no nothing because if you look around this room it's art on, on all sides in this yeah. room right yeah. um because that's my personality but mm -hmm. again i'm one of those people that you don't need to know what happens after 4 p.m you right. know right. we're not exactly yeah. I, I have said that more. we're not friends we're <laughs> colleagues yeah. <laughs> so and, anyway, and we digress as yeah. usual. So basically we said what are we doing now? But you didn't no. say what business you have now. So Tish, you can go ahead. Our business is actually um keeping you in stitches. Shameless plug. <laughs> and I actually do consulting for tech design and 3D design. Um, I do all of that. Um, actually, right now, if anyone, um, those of you who are listening, I've um, consulted on a Macy's brand. It's in stores right now. It's called On 34th with shameless a plug. bunch of, yes, shameless plug, <laughs> Missy and plus sizes with um, a bunch of ladies from Brand Love Lab. We're all consultants signing over with them and helping other brands. <laughs> I am the owner, creative director, designer, everything involved in running a business of this fabulous accessories brand called Fearless Threads. Um, go bold, have fun, be fearless. We make all types of accessories that feature African wax prints, shameless plug. Um, so everything, earrings, bags, once a season, we do a special thing. So we do, last year we did bomber jacket. Um, we do this design your own piece. So I do a lot of pop-ups in the local DC metro area. I've traveled to Philly. Um, I have not hit New York yet, but it's coming. Um, I got logistically with New York. So I do a lot of pop-ups locally. I am in one and a half stores. I say one and a half because the second store that I'm going into does not actually have any merchandise yet, but we're working on that. In the spring and the fall, I just have this pop-up schedule. So Follow me on social media, shameless plug at Fearless Threads. 
and you will see all of my pop-ups and my fall season will start on the 23rd. I'll give you more details about that as we go along. If I have something coming up, we'll talk about it. But we talked about the eight-year-olds. I also teach sewing to children. It's a love to nurture the creativity in the little people. I know you guys don't like the little people, but I love the little people. Um, I say I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like teaching them. I do private lessons, but I also work at a Black-owned, woman-owned company called So Creative Lounge, shameless, shameless plug, follow So Creative Lounge, um, where I teach, I, I run the kids program, but I also do like pattern development. And I forgot to mention, um, I do have um, Keeping Your Stitches Academy, where I'm teaching fashion design, pattern making, also tambour beading, because I love it, and it's a dying art, embroidery, and all things related to fashion and product development. So, shameless plug. <laughs> We're not even going to call it shameless. We yeah, shameless. Yes, I'm not ashamed at all. Plug, plug, plug. plug, plug. Yeah. Currently, I'm, I'm a design director for a private label company, but I am going to be going out on my own doing the same thing. So, I'll be consulting for um, basically activewear companies. I do um, men's and boys active. So, I do design and product development. So, for those type of companies, you know, that want design, product development things, everything that relates to with textiles, graphic, um, you know, tech packs, all that stuff. So that I'll be doing on a corporate level. Um, but for like the home sewer, I, I basically hone my skill from wee little <laughs> to the, uh, to an adult, but it's modest fashion. So that's what cover me. She comes in and I'll be doing patterns and, you know, sew alongs and stuff like that to, help you um, hone your modest fashion. So everything that relates to that and everything to support you for that. And it will be a lot of courses and, you know, patterns and stuff like that for that. Also textile design, which I, I love to do. Yeah. So basically region design agency um, for corporate clients and Cover Me Chic for the home sewing. And look out for Cover Me Chic, Fearless Threads collaboration. And then Tish is going to be doing the specs. Yes. Yes. And of and course, it has to fit the curvy women, okay? Yes. Because, oh uh, you know, we have hips. Yes. Oh, my kids, it's so funny. My kids always ask me why the back of their pants is so much bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and I always have to tell them because it has to accommodate your bottom, sweetie. You're a right. little girl, but you're a little black girl and you have a bottom. So. Yeah. All right. So that's all about us. We're going to wrap it up and then we're going to get into, you know, more about um, what we do and how we can help you guys that are listening. So until next time, peace. Peace. Yeah. <laughs>